It's time for the Off the Mound with Ryan Dempster podcast presented by Sloan. We're super excited this week. We got Cubs center fielder. He had a breakout year last year. That's right. Ian Happ's going to be joining us on the show. But before we get into that, we got to talk about Sloan's no-touch hand-washing technology. It's truly state-of-the-art, second to none, and couldn't come at a better time. So we want to thank them for providing that technology so that everybody out there can wash their hands and stay safe. Big thank you to Sloan. Well, this guy, he's about ready to break out in another big way this year. We know it. He had a great season last year. One of my friends, an incredible golfer, and one heck of a center fielder. So, without further ado, let's go off the mound with center fielder for the Chicago Cubs, Ian Happ. Happer, what's up, buddy? How you doing? Hello, man? Dem. I'm wonderful. How are you doing? I, I'm doing fabulous. You know, it's the new year. Um, we're moving in the right direction. Pitchers and catchers report in like under a month. Kind of crazy to think, don't you think? Yeah, it uh, it's felt like a very long off season. I don't know if that's just because of the early exit or maybe because how short the season was, but how long it felt. But um, it, it, we're ready to get back. That's for sure. Yeah, did that feel weird? I, I haven't asked anybody this, but like to start up a season, you know it's going to be short, but did you guys just feel like all of a sudden you were just hitting stride and then it's like, okay, it's over? Yeah, it really did because you had to keep yourself ready. Like you had to stay ready for so many months and then quick spring training, quick season. Uh, and we, I think we finally felt like we were doing everything right. We get a hold of the protocols. Everything starts to have a flow to it. And then before you know it, it's over. And, and you did, you stayed so ready. Um, we saw it, we followed it. Um, you guys kind of housing together. How much did that help having a couple guys around where you guys could just kind of train together, be ready together. So when they did say play ball that you were rip on and ready to go. Yeah, that was a huge uh, thing for me. I think just the camaraderie through that time, um, difficult, for everybody in the country being away from family loved ones um so for me i was really lucky because my brother uh and his fiance were out in arizona um and then i had the guys at the compound which was huge um so we all got to be together we got to stay very active we had the tennis court uh we had basketball uh we were able to be outside and be playing golf a little bit too so i just the entire thing um was a good way for us to stay ready and, and to keep in baseball shape too, because you just don't get the opportunity to move around like you would on the field. And then you get a chance to play. The season starts um, and, you know, your manager, David Ross, gives you the opportunity to just go out there and play every day. We talk about it all the time. It's like you can never get a chance yeah. to prove yourself in the big leagues. You know, for me as a pitcher, it was starting every fifth day. No matter what the results are, you're going you're gonna to pitch. How important was that and how you know grateful were you for that opportunity because it allowed you to kind of bust out and show what you're capable of doing? Yeah, that was that was huge for me. I mean, Rossi having that faith in me um, to be able to put me in the lineup every day, um, it was something that uh, I'm really grateful for, uh, his trust and um, just, just the communication that he had from day one, uh, whether it was through the first spring training or then in, into summer camp and into the season. Um, that was a huge thing for me. Um, and, and even, you know, early in the season, a couple of times when I didn't get the start, you know, he was very, um, very open with the communication and, and it was something that definitely helped me, um, make adjustments during that, that shortened season to be the guy that was playing center field every day. So, um, that it's something that as a switch hitter, who's played a bunch of different positions, 
hitting in one spot in the lineup uh, for the last three weeks or four weeks of the season, um, playing center field every day and really starting to own that. Uh, Will Venable, who's not with us anymore, um, but but his tutelage and just, just showing me how to play the outfield, um, really talking me through a bunch of that, trusting uh, Jay Hay and, and um, you know, really picking his brain and then being able to work with those with him and Schwab in the outfield. Like those were huge strides for me in my career. Um, the things that I'm just looking to build on for this season. And then now going into the next year. Okay. Now you've kind of solidified yourself as that guy. What have you been doing this off season um, in order to prepare? Cause, cause guys make adjustments, right? They're going to make adjustments off of the things you did yeah. last year. What are you doing to prepare for this next season? Yeah, that that's a great question. I, a lot of, the preparation for my body is just getting ready to play a full season, getting ready to play 162, um, you know, working on the consistency with speed, um, some of the agility stuff that comes along with playing center field, because even going into last season, there was still a little bit of, am I going to get a chance to play infield? Am I not? Um, and so really focusing on getting my body ready to exclusively play the outfield. Um, this is something that's a little different this off season, which, which I'm enjoying. Um, and then from an offensive standpoint, it's just the consistency. It's working on the things um, that help me have success. And then some of the things right-handed that I want to tweak and, and get a little better at and just try to, um, consistency is a big word, try, try to be more consistent day in and day out um, with my approach, with my swing, uh, and really feeling comfortable from both sides. Do you go back to like uh, video and watch video from this past season and maybe like take a team and say, all right, how do the St. Louis Cardinals attack me all year and, and, and kind of have that catalog so that you're, you know, the muscle memory of your brain remembers that so that when it comes time to the season next year, you're like, oh, you guys want to try me, pound me at my hands? I'm going to be ready for that. Or you want to pitch me down and away? I'm ready for that too. Yeah, that's, that's a big part of it. Um, our analytics team does a great job with that, uh, of putting together some of those uh, way teams attacked you, especially like what worked late in the season in September when guys were attacking me, the differences um, and really trying to address some of those and be prepared for it. And I, and I think that the preparation uh, and understanding how teams are going to go about it is the biggest part of of uh, having success in the big leagues because it does change so quick from from week to week or even series to series when you're saying when you're seeing different teams. There's so much information that's readily available now that if one team can exploit a weakness, everybody's going to know about it very quickly. Uh, and so it's staying on top of that. Um, Jim Adusi is coming in um, as our, I don't know what it would be, I don't know what his official title is, but offensive production specialist, I guess. Uh, and he'll be in the clubhouse with us, which I think is going to be great. I played with him in AAA in 2019, great guy. Um, already talking to him about some of those things, about where pitchers try to attack. Um, and, and matching that with where I have the most success. And those are some some really big things going into the season. Hey, you need to do me a favor, okay? So when he comes in, and like whether it's like early on in spring training or something in the weight room, something, just Blair, I ride my bicycle by Queen. Because yeah. he put together, he had the worst thing. So we did a Cubs idol back years ago with, uh, with the team. And we had guys like Darwin Barney was playing the piano and, you know, uh, um, Justin Berg was playing the guitar and we had all these, it, it was an actual contest. You had to have teams mm -hmm. and it lasted throughout about yeah. five weeks of spring training. And he wore a full chicken costume 
and and did this dance to that song and and we almost just on theatrics alone moved him along so i need that out of you i just need you to throw that in there and fresh and i want to see his reaction that is beautiful i'm i'm gonna write that down so i could have it for spring trading he already he already said um that we could make t-shirts to say just blame jim if we're not hitting so uh i'm all in on that <laughs> um you know, going into uh, the off season, you know, sure, training, you know, baseball stuff, scouting, trying to make improvements. But just as important as we know is relaxation, is getting away from the game. What have you done for fun? What what is Ian hat? Because we see it. You do you do a lot of stuff. You got many hats you wear. But what have you been doing for you for for fun? Yeah, it's a little bit different this off season. You, usually, you'd be able to travel. You'd be able to do. Um, some things and see family. Um, one of the first things that I did as soon as the off season was over was was go see my mom, my grandma that I hadn't been able to see for a long time. You know, right after we were getting tested awesome. and knew that things were really safe for us. So that that was a huge thing for me just to reconnect with some family. Um, but the rest of the off season, I've spent quite a bit of time in Texas, um, in Austin, playing golf, being outside. That's always kind of the getaway for me. Um, you know, been in Chicago a little bit around kind of the holidays and and into January. So um been doing a lot of stuff in the community I, I i'm really fortunate to be able to be connected um with this great city and and to connect through the podcast and through uh, what we're doing connect brochures um so i've really tried to take advantage of that especially um when people need it the most happen we talked about it before all the great things you're doing um for the community in chicago uh you, it's it really started i think the foundation of it all started with the compound um, your guys's podcast that you guys have, uh, you and Mekas and, um, and short do this unbelievable podcast. Um, great guests. Um, first of all, present company excluded best guests you guys have had on the podcast. Oh man. Besides you, Demp, um, I think the coolest get for us was probably early on when like Jeff Garland said yes right away, like a quick yes when we were in one of our first five episodes. So I think that um, was was really like a proof of concept for us that was like, oh, people want to do this. People want to talk to us. Um, when we had him and Jake Johnson on. That was really cool. But I think our best one guest. Oh, man, that's just such a tough question. Uh, I think Riz coming out of summer camp too, like right before we started, that was a big one too, because it really, as the season started, people jumped on board and um, it's been really cool to see the following the entire way. And now that you're like an expert, you know, uh, question asker and interviewer, what, what kind of advice would you have for me so that like, you know, I can do a better job at what I'm doing? You're the, you're the best at it. Uh, you know, you, I learned from you because I got to watch you do off the mounds, uh, live, um, at the convention. But that was kind of the thing that I said, watching the way that you talk to players, like, how can we have a conversation, um, and make guys feel comfortable opening up a little bit, showing off their personality. Um, and that's just, that's what I try to do. I try to get guys to open up and, and kind of show the fans that they're more than just the baseball player. They have a lot else going on in their lives and really cool guys. Yeah, you do. A, you guys do a great job of that, and I love listening to it. It's uh, it's fun hearing the the stories, and and the three of you together have you know obviously a lot of uh, a lot of good synergy, and it goes really well. And then you have an avenue too because of the the podcast to be able to do stuff like promote quarantine coffee, 
Talk to us about Quarantine Coffee, how that started, um, and, yeah. and what people can do to be able to give, you know, give back to that. Yeah, Quarantine Coffee has been such a fun project. It started with uh, when I was in Arizona at the compound. I reached out to Connect Roasters, who's from Bourbon A, Illinois. Um, Caleb, the founder over there, sent me some coffee, and I, I fell in love with the product. And I, I called him a, a day later and, and pitched him the idea of Quarantine Coffee. And they were already doing a give back um, where they were giving to where they were sourcing the beans from. So whether it was Guatemala or Nicaragua, they were giving percentage um back to build communities schools and so i said well let's bring this to chicago it was the middle of the pandemic and we really wanted to do something to give back and and to help uh, our community so we partnered with save the children uh on the national level then we partnered with the chicago food bank um to give back here in chicago and it's just been such a rewarding um process to be involved with a great company who's who's making wonderful coffee which is i'm passionate about and then to give back to the community and really help um connect grocers has been incredible um coffeeforcovid.com is the website and we're also doing some memorabilia giveaways with um connectgrocers.com every friday they're doing a drop of maybe cleats or batting gloves and so that's going to charity as well which we've been really proud of and and then on top of that which is incredible stuff um, you have a, a really awesome project that you do called Wrigley Through My Eyes. Yeah, it, the motivation behind Through My Eyes was um, the experience of bringing people down to Wrigley. When I, when I was caught up in 17 and 18, my brother lived here um, for a few years before I was drafted. And so we had some people in the city that we knew, and they'd been to you know, 20, 40, 100 Cubs games, but hadn't been on the field. And when we finally brought people down on the field and they got to look back up at the stadium they had this awe-inspired moment of of just really appreciation for everything that Wrigley is and so we thought what better way to give back to the fans than to bring in an artist um, Pat Bale who did an incredible job drawing Wrigley by hand and he really brought it to life he, he drew in every little detail it took him two weeks um, to do each of the three originals which was just amazing to watch um, and then we said, let's, let's give all the proceeds to charity and let's really make this a give back for the community. Um, and it's been a really fun project. We've really enjoyed connecting. Uh, and I've sold it at all the Cubs conventions. And then this year without the Cubs convention, but around the holidays, the guys, um, from the compound Dakota and Zach and I said, let's do a limited release of, of the through my eyes. Let's see if we can sell these out, um, and really make an impact. So we raised 10 grand, um, ten thousand dollars in 48 hours uh which was incredible yeah. with all the fans um and so that that money went directly to the chicago food bank as well so we've we really enjoyed that project and, and the compound being able to do our part to give back to the community i i like the idea of the wrigley through my eyes because you're right um there's something about it you could be standing on the other side of that little gate on the cement in the stands in row one and it's special and it's it's unique but i liken it to the scene in uh in field of dreams where like he's stepping on the field that's how it feels at wrigley it doesn't feel that way at every ballpark you know there's a lot of new ballparks but this place is nostalgic it's historic and when you open that and you stand on that it, it actually sends like goosebumps through your body especially for anybody doing it for the first time so good for you for sharing that with everybody because it truly is a unique experience 
Yeah, you really do. You f- you feel Ernie Banks, you feel um, Sandberg and and Babe Ruth and guys that stepped on that field. When you really take a minute and think about the hundred years plus of history that that Wrigley has, it's uh, it's really special to get to get to share kind of that holy ground um, that those guys also played on. Um, speaking of history, uh, making history, right? Winning a World Series here um, in 2016, um, unfortunately for you, was a year before you got here, but you got to be around one of the guys that was instrumental in that happening. And um, he recently just signed a deal with the Washington National. He's going to be gone. He gets to be with Kyle, which is fun. He gets some familiar faces there with Davey. Um, but John Lester, he leaves a legacy here. Um, we all know that. We all know what an incredible human being he is. But for you personally, what did John mean to you? I know you guys were really, really close. What did he teach you? What kind of life lessons and baseball lessons did he give to Ian Happ so that you could have your own, you know, your own path and your own career? Yeah, John, John taught me how to be a pro, you know, from, from that first year in 2017. Um, he really took me under his wing. Um, and and just taught me all of the little things that go into preparing. Um, he was the most prepared player, the most prepared pitcher I've ever seen. Um, the way that he went about his bullpens, the way that he went about his day before prep, I think he taught a lot of, of guys that he played with how to do that. Um, and it was just so amazing to watch him compete. He was one of the guys that uh, you'd run through a wall for every day, um, being behind him, and, and it was such a privilege to get to to play with him for a few years and to get to experience that, you know, for me, he's a no doubt hall of famer. He changed this organization. Um, and I can't say enough good things about what he's done for me personally, um, yeah, as a baseball player and, and just, uh, as a person. Uh, now, but he's going to be gone. So who's going to be the one that picks up the check because John led the league in picking up checks. We saw that with all the beers he bought and we know that doesn't stop. He was the house to celebrate afterwards. He was the one taking care of everybody. So somebody's got to fill that void. If you had a suggestion for anybody on the team to fill that, who would that player be? Yeah, it's going to be really tough to replace that. John, he was. He was the house. He was the. He was always good for, hey, let's grab dinner. Um, we're going to need Riz to step up. Everybody knows that about Riz. Uh, let's, I mean... Let's just put it all on Riz and make yeah. him pick up every check, and then we can make him feel bad if he doesn't. I think I'm all in on that. I think that is a great plan, and it just shows you how much you're preparing, not just at baseball, but what it takes to be a team leader and, and making sure that Anthony picks up all those checks is just another suggestion that you know, I think everybody should follow. So good on you for that right there. And, and thanks for stopping by and, and joining us here at Off the Mound. Man, it's great to catch up with you, Ian. I, I wish you nothing but success coming up in, in 2021, as you know. Thanks so much, Dan. Hey, big thank you to Ian Happ for stopping by the show. Great to catch up with him. I know he's prepped and ready for spring training, doing so many great things out in the community. Quarantine coffee, Wrigley Through My Eyes. Guy's multi-talented, of course, his very own podcast, The Compound. And to hear more great conversations like the one you just heard, please subscribe to the Off the Mound with Ryan Dempster podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And they're all presented by our good friends at Sloan. For everybody here at Marquee Sports Network and off the mound, thanks for tuning in. I'm Ryan Dempster. We'll talk to you later.